Mildly Interested. I'm Joe Whitefield. In this series focusing on individual personalities and communications, Emma Whitefield and I discuss the nine personality types of the Enneagram for better self-awareness and improved communications with others. Enjoy the program and thank you for your interest. So welcome to this uh, program as we continue this episode in our series on personality and communication. Uh, I'm Joe Whitefield here with Emma Whitefield again. Hi, Emma. Hello. We are, of course, uh, diving into the Enneagram. Yes, sir. In a previous episode, we've talked about personality types 1, 2, and 3. And in this episode, we're going to pick up with personality type 4 and Mm -hmm. hopefully get on to 5 and 6. So we hope to get uh, 3 in in this episode. So we'll start with personality type 4, the individualist. Mm -hmm. The individualist, uh, the sensitive, creative type. They're also sometimes called the romantic, but that doesn't really mean romantic in terms of uh, marriage or spousal relationship. That Uh kind of refers to the old romantic movement where uh, thinkers and theologians and philosophers got back in touch with their uh, feelings and expressing those feelings and getting deep down in there. Okay. Um, Fours tend to be creative, sensitive, and can be moody. They value authenticity and crave to be understood. Um, They are the most complex number on the Enneagram, and they like being the most complex number on the Enneagram. They are called the individualist because they like to be unique, and they feel like no one ever understands them just right, or that there really is nobody who sees the world like they do. Well, let me give you a list of some people that that are identified as four, uh, type four. Jack, uh, Jackie, Kennedy Onassis, mm-hmm. Virginia Woolf, yep. Bob Dylan. The epitome <laughs> of a four. <laughs> he is the go-to example no for a kidding. four on the Enneagram. That, that jumps out, doesn't it? Uh, Angelina Jolie. Okay. Nicholas Cage. Oh. There's Johnny yeah. Depp. Oh. Paul Simon. Okay. And then uh, the magician, Chris Angel. Okay. So... Uh, anyway, a couple of those kind of, like you say, kind of jump off the page with that description you just gave, huh? Well, now I want to watch Pirates of the Caribbean and <laughs> National Treasure. <laughs> there you go. So, interesting, interesting. So, tell us a little bit more about the fours now. Definitely. Um, so, fours may have a hard time connecting to the Enneagram because, like I said, they feel like they're the only one who sees the world the way they do or feels things the way they do. Um, a lot of uh, authors on the Enneagram say that fours feel like something is missing from them when they compare themselves to other people. Now that may not be, it's usually not material, like, oh, I need a bigger apartment or money or a graduate degree or something like this, but they see that others are joyful and happy and feel more complete in the world. And they said, okay, what do they have that makes them feel complete? Uh Um, I was talking to uh, my friend Erin and her boyfriend Edward, and Edward is a four on the Enneagram. And he just started a master's program abroad not necessarily loving it yet, and he just looked at me and he said, I don't want a PhD like you do. I just want to be as happy about my postgraduate work as you are about yours. Wow, so it has a, it's about this complex view of things, right? Just right. Just having to sort those feelings out in the way it relates to that, that important work. Right. Um, so the term that comes to my mind is eccentric a little bit. Is that, does that qualify? Am I off on that or not? Hmm. 
I think pores can be eccentric, and they definitely think they're unique. That may be a more okay. accurate right. word, and they definitely feel unique, and they strive to be unique. They are not ordinary. They are not run-of-the-mill characters. Right, right. So, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm stuck on some of, the, some of these people that we've, mm-hmm. that we've mentioned here, and I'm, I'm like, you say, okay, I'm going to go back and look at this. Definitely. Um, do you know a lot of fours? You taught one, one or two, but uh, do you... I know a couple of fours. Yeah? Um, be, they also tend to be the most rare and rare occurring number right right you, you kind of mentioned that and i think that that's interesting so but they're but they're just like everybody else that's a personality mm-hmm. type absolutely and so uh what's the what's an average or sort of a healthy version of the four yep average fours are able to connect with others and find joy and completeness in their activities or relationships and they know that they are valued and loved and they know that their feelings are valid Okay. What about any unhealth? The unhealthy. Um, What's, what What are the watch out fours yes. as we like to say around here? So the watch outs for fours. Um, fours over explain, overshare, and can create a sense of obligation that others can't meet. Wow. Yes, that can be a big, a big drop. I think of the hammer, and fours can definitely feel that at times. Um, a lot of times, people who interact with fours say, uh, stop being dramatic, stop being so sensitive, or things like that. So um, in the way that I mentioned in our opener, that as an eight, I can steamroll other people with my passion or aggression. Fours can steamroll people with their emotions and feelings. Wow. So let's take this one step further and maybe have an, ex- uh, an example of an experience of maybe working with someone mm-hmm. who's a four. Uh, the other four I know is on my team, uh, working in hall together, and he is able to connect and validate our students' feelings probably better than anybody else on the team. Um, as somebody who also works in the humanities, he and I both work in the English department, um, putting a lot of value on stories and literature and art and symbols, um, really getting down to kind of like the beauty of humanity. Um, he sees a lot of that in the world, which is really good and helps balance out our team sometimes. Uh, but when he one time he was dealing with a very tough situation. A student was having a very tough time, um, and he dealt with it beautifully. Um, and then he came, and we were all just hanging out in the office afterward, and he was kind of mulling on it and fixating on it, talking about it. And I said, you know, if you're having a hard time processing, you know, you can go talk to your supervisor about it or something like that because, you know, we, we're always told we can't carry the student's burdens with us all the time. And as an eight, I tend to be pretty good at shutting off that emotional fountain at the drop right. of a hat. right, right. Um, and he said, no, I'm not having a hard time with it. I'm just processing it for me and mulling it over for myself and giving credence and giving witness to their trauma. So with with fours that are so, uh, the term was romantic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about the individualist, mm-hmm. but uh, but the other term romantic, you get the sense, again, again the feelings and mm-hmm. the connection through emotions and feelings. But that's so good. The idea that he feels that other people's experience are worth bearing witness to is absolutely. incredibly valuable. Absolutely. Well, give us some uh, concluding remarks for the uh, for the four. Yes, back to the path between us. Um, relationships with fours, it says fours need trust and steady attention in their personal and professional relationships, and they want you to be authentic with them. Um, and for you to keep in mind, it says don't be afraid to tell fours if you feel you are being pressured to be more or do more than you can for them. So that sometimes comes into play. Okay. And for fours, they say uh, you can surround yourself with beauty, but not all of the time. And you can bear witness to pain without having to fix it. And you can 
create your own image and express yourself in manifold ways, but not everyone will approve or understand, and that is okay. But you can't live an exceptional life based on fantasy, and you can't have lots of people who can accommodate your emotional volatility, and you can't have more than one or two people who are able to give back in equal measure what you are willing to put into relationships. So you may need to accept that people might actually understand and like you. It could be that you are lovable and that you are enough, and that if life is ordinary, that's okay. And most people don't value authenticity in the same ways that you do, and you're going to have deep and significant friendships, but not lots of shallow or lightly social relationships. All right. Very good. Uh, I think that's a good uh, summary of, uh, of the individualist or the romantic mm-hmm. uh, the type four. Let's move on to type five. This starts oh to get boy. a little personal. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're going to spend as little time as possible on this one. This the most time of too, anything. Too close to home. So uh, knowing that uh, I identify uh, as a five, which is the investigator. Mm-hmm. As we said before, intense analytical type. I'm going to focus on the analytical type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, tell us more about a five. Sure. Fives are analytical, private, detached, and motivated by a need to gain knowledge. Detached? I like the gain knowledge part, but detached? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Keep going. They enjoy and need alone time and doing activities alone. They are keen observers, independent, private, and big on self-protection, and they do not like needing other people. (laughs) This is painful. <laughs> Sometimes the Enneagram can be. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let me give you a list mm-hmm. of people besides me number on one, this. Let's, yeah, Joe number, well, um, John Nash, okay. famous economist. I had to start with that. John Nash, Bill Gates. Okay. Kurt Cobain of Nirvana fame. Gary Larson, who is the author of The Far Side, an older uh, uh, comic strip. Uh, Jane Goodall, mm. and Emily Dickinson. Okay. Does that surprise you a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't Love know. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how authentic that is or how, how accurate that is, mm-hmm. but that's that's what they said. But anyway, you get a good sort of sort of mix of that uh, a little bit. So definitely, um, some other traits of fives. If you care to hear a couple yeah, more, keep going, keep keep going. <laughs> they believe that thoughts are more reliable and stable than feelings. They are not emotionally needy because they like to be so independent. But they can be uncomfortable in groups when they're uninformed. Um, So sometimes that means they can get defensive or lash out or things like that when they feel a little vulnerable if they don't have the most information in the room. Mm. Um, Fives do not like to be micromanaged. So in the workplace, it's best um, if they can work uninterrupted and are given the space to do it the way they want to do it because Mm -hmm. odds are they have a very clear and analyzed path to reaching their goal. Um, It's said that Fives are the only number capable of true neutrality because they are so able to put feelings to the side. So, you know, you didn't really love the word detached, but that really can be an asset in a healthy five when they're able to find they're seeking truth and they're able to find that neutrality when looking at a perhaps complicated or emotionally charged situation. Because even in a crisis that involves emotions, things still have to be done in order to get through a crisis. Right. Well, I I definitely relate to this because when I think about the issues... Now, again, as an engineer and as an economist and things mm-hmm. like that, we talk about you know rational decisions. We use the term rational all the time. We try to take feelings out of it and emotions out of it and don't tend to do as much by the gut as, uh, as, as, it, as, it, as it is. More often than not, it's just trying to have some information. 
uh, paint by numbers a little bit. So I definitely, I definitely understand that. But again, there's some logic to it. It's not just the fact that you're in love with numbers no. as much as just sort of the, the rationalization and, and reason and the logic of things. Is that fair to say? Definitely. Okay. Um, and the ability to be neutral and give rational advice and cut through emotions, that can be a gift that other numbers on the Enneagram need. So that's not a negative quality by any means. But there are some negative zones here for sure, right? Negative yes. places to go. So uh, tell us about those. Fives can maybe take that too far um, and reject others' attempts to connect with them because they like to be so private. They also have a hard time asking for help, much like the twos, because they like to be incredibly independent and overly self-reliant. And, of course, that can be taken to a fault. Independent, good. So independent you can't ask for help, not good. Right. So there's kind of a way to see each trait when it manifests in a healthy or an unhealthy way. Um, Detached. Great. You know, you have a little uh, car crash or fender bender, call dad, let dad come to the scene, and he'll take care of it. Right. You can function in, a, in, in the middle of a crisis right. or, or difficult time. I'm crying, having a breakdown, freaking out, and you're clear, calm, and thinking straight. And that's very helpful in those situations. Um, but something else I think is worth mentioning um, that, again, we were talking about roles and how the roles you're playing can offset some things about your Enneagram number. Um, So one of the things about fives, it says they need and enjoy routines. Um, I know I think you have some routines that you like every morning, kind of looks the same for you. Um, But you are a dad, and when you have lots of young little rugrats running around, you can be flexible if the kid is sick or Ryan decides to do one sport instead of the other sport and wants to quit mid-season. Or even last night, I didn't decide what I wanted for dinner until... 4.30 p.m., and you guys normally have a ritual on Friday nights that you like to go by. So you're able to be flexible, um, particularly in the role of father that makes you flexible when you're being an attentive parent. Right, right. Well, it is is an interesting thing to kind of, again, have that personality type, but to be in relationship with other people because, again... I don't want to come across, and, and I think fives would have to, and I'll speak to this as a, as a five, you know, you don't want to come across as being dominating and, and mm-hmm. it's always my way or the highway, and I think that is a, a place to go to sometimes, particularly in an unhealthy, an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I don't want to cut off feelings and don't want to cut off yeah. emotions and feelings, and, 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 and truthfully have a lot of feelings and have a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the expression of them, and, and in some cases maybe the, suppression of those mm-hmm. they can come out in a negative way if they get suppressed for too long and mm-hmm. things like that which probably is a trait for a lot of people i mean suppression we talked earlier about emotional health and things mm-hmm. like that uh, what that can be like so but what looks healthy for you won't look healthy for another type fives do not necessarily uh, verbally process their emotions and so me trying to force a five to do that would not be healthy for the five that would not be putting them in a healthy headspace right. so healthy looks different on each number uh, one of my favorite professors ever. We are still friends today. Um, I believe she's also a five. We've talked about it a little bit, and she says she feels that she's also a five. Okay, so you're comfortable in saying this yes. about, about her. Okay. She, um, one of the traits is that fives are really observant, and she has a memory better than an elephant. Um, she can make connections and say, oh, yes, 10 years ago I taught this student, and it's her daughter who's here, and they're from here, and the thing she remembers about all of her students is amazing. Mm-hmm. So even though fives may be uh, quote unquote detached and you know removed from these personal connections, she still sees connections in the bigger picture and makes connections between her students. And the fact that she can remember all that means she's listening and she's present in those moments to listen to her students. And so that's not to say that 
they are detached and they cannot emotionally connect or make connections with people. They right. certainly do. Because one of my deepest connections is with her. But she's very present and all about listening and being in the moment, which is a very healthy mindset for a five. Well, let's let's see what uh, let's conclude this on fives. Sure. Back to the path between us under relationships with five. After all is said and done, fives are a gift to other types in the Enneagram. And here are some things for fives to keep in mind. Okay. I'm taking notes. mm Mm-hmm. You can survive being seen and known before you were completely ready. You can have lasting friendships that are filled with soft and subtle experiences of familiarity. And you can find measured ways of being in the world that doesn't deplete your store of energy. But you cannot... Live your life without needing help from others at times. You can't be competent in all areas of life all the time. The need to learn is not incompetence, it's inexperience. But you cannot know everything and you cannot have healthy relationships without risking giving up some of your time, letting go on some of your privacy, and finding a way to offer and receive affection. So you'll need to accept that the outer world has value that extends far beyond gathering information alone, And you'll need to accept that relationships can't always be on your terms. The needs of others are as real and pronounced as your own. Well, I am super excited to say, let's turn the page to a six. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) No, that was very good. Again, very, very insightful for all our listeners Mm -hmm. as we, as we've had a good time with that one in particular. But again, such, there's a lot of tremendous insight to that. So I appreciate that. Moving on to uh, now type six. The loyalist. The loyalist. Committed security-oriented type. Mm -hmm. So as they are security-oriented type, um, they're also committed and practical and oftentimes witty, and they can be worst-case scenario thinkers. Um, There was a book called Worst-Case Scenario Survival Guide. It covered anything from alien invasions to uh, another collapse of the economy and things like that. I would guess, and other um, people have guessed, that you know, sixes ate that book up. That book sold 10 million copies. Right. Which seems crazy, but probably <laughs> fueled by the sixes. Well, you want to hear who a few uh, sixes are or identify the sixes? Yes. Mark Twain. Okay. Prince Harry. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Diane Keaton. Uh, Julia Roberts. Tom Hanks. Oh. How about that? America's Tom Hanks. America's male sweetheart. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, and then Bruce Springsteen. And uh, you'll like this, Hugh Laurie. Ah, yeah. That's so, Dr. so again, House. With, yeah, Doctor. So House, right? So mm-hmm. if that makes sense uh, to some of the description, I think some of those certainly do kind of fit mm-hmm. that general description you gave. So maybe that's helpful. So, uh, tell us a little bit more about sixes. Sixes are motivated by a need for security, whether that be financial security or security in their relationships or security in their jobs, um, and. Order can help give them security. Oh, wow. Um, so my friend Duncan works in a bookshop and is a identified six. Again, it's a conversation we've had. Right. And he has the most specific order to his books ever. There's, It's not just fiction and nonfiction and then by author. It's uh, hardback fiction that will be worth money someday, uh, books he got ahead of publication date in alphabetical order. Wow. He's got a very detailed system for it. And so I think that helps give him some security and peace of mind when he is in his apartment. It's interesting because, you know, I think about that and having order, you know, mm-hmm. speaks to me too. Mm-hmm. But again, that motivation, that, that that's the sense of security that's drawn from it. Exactly. It's all back to the motivation. And that's really one of the biggest ways you identify your type is what okay. motivates you to do the things you do. Okay. Uh, any negative? 
Yeah. Sixes can definitely be stressed in new situations or when they're given new responsibilities. Mm. Fear of the unknown is a big thing for sixes, and sometimes that can go to the extreme. They may rely too much on routine or be unwilling to put themselves forward for a promotion that they've definitely earned. Um, things like that because the new responsibilities feel too big and they don't know what that will come with. Well, that, that makes sense um, on a lot of levels. First of all, if security is kind of the, the theme here, mm-hmm. the motivation, then, then, then unknown, you know, we talk about the fear of the unknown. That's, I mean, that's really the definition of insecurity is that, you know, there's nothing secure mm-hmm. about the unknown. So, again, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of logic to that. So mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit more. Yep. Um, in group projects and in a work environment, sixes will express doubts and concerns, which is super helpful. You can't just have people who say yes, yes, yes to all of your ideas or the first thing that sticks to the wall. You need a six to help ground you and voice those doubts and concerns to help give a fuller perspective to whatever you're talking about. Uh, let me let me just echo that in, in the professional world. You just don't need yes people because it, we, there's a lot of group think that happens. A lot of you get around a table and everybody's looking at things, and it shouldn't just be sixes who raise right. You know the uh, the other side as you think about the pros and the cons mm-hmm. or the positives and the negatives or or what's right and and what's maybe not so perfect about things. But it is interesting that that maybe is a little bit more intuitive to a six than it would be. Uh, for someone else, right, for another personality Mm -hmm. type. That's good to know. Sixes are very committed. That's why they're called the loyalist. Um, And they're particularly committed to the good. Um, And they like to work for organizations where they feel like good is being accomplished, whether that be some kind of educational organization or a social service organization. Um, It has to be something they believe in. Um, and it doesn't, there will not be a universal thing that all sixes believe in. Again, sixes are unique individuals, and they will have their own values and priorities. Right. But sixes will be really committed to what they Whatever think. Whatever they are. Right. They're to, to whatever right? that is, they'll be committed to it. Right. Um, and they make great friends. They'll be with you through thick and thin, and they'll be there for you and want to be there for you, as long as you're there for them, too, which well, I think is fair. Yeah, you have to reciprocate. Absolutely. Everyone has to reciprocate. Which, again, kind of feeds into our theme about the communication and relationship, right? Absolutely. That is, you understand that and, and the need to do that. If it doesn't come as natural to you, then that's an important thing. Absolutely. Well, help us with a uh, kind of a summarize our sixes. Yep. So, like all types, uh, the traits can, you know, be expressed in healthy and unhealthy yes, ways. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. So, it's good to know yourself so you can kind of gauge where you are. Right. Um, and so, for sixes, after all is said and done back to the path between us remember that since we can't change how we see we need to adjust what we do with what we see for sixes there's no doubt that other numbers on the enneagram don't struggle like you do with fear but here are some things for you to keep in mind you can learn to trust your inner ways of knowing learn to trust yourself but only if you practice some things can be learned only by experience but you can't Expect others to be as loyal and faithful as you are to the groups you both belong to. The way they handle their commitments and responsibilities is not within your purview. So you can't force loyalty out of somebody else or the same level of dedication out of others. That's just a particularly positive and strong trait of sixes. Um, And you can't always feel safe, but you can recognize when fear is becoming a little too self-indulgent. And uh, you can't be noticed without taking some risks. And you'll need to accept that some things will work out. And if they don't, you will have everything you need to address whatever situation arises. Wow. Well, that's an excellent summary. I appreciate your uh, 
description and your uh, the way you're sharing with us. A lot again, a lot to learn about here. This is going to be the wrap on this particular episode. I hope you'll stay with us as we uh, talk about the last three. Uh, what number seven, eight, nine? Seven, eight, nine. Coming at you here shortly. Thanks.